Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you by Vandalay Industries, uh, latex import, ex- export. Talk to Art Vandalay. He knows a guy. I know a guy. Also, agorasnexus.com. Cheers to our friends, Brandon and Dag, uh, good people that they are. So getting started straight away, I am glad that we are all here to have a conversation with you. Brian will not be here for the next two weeks. I don't know when he'll be back. He started a new job, so he has a different schedule now. So you're stuck with uh, Los Three Amigos, as they say in Espanol. Um, Los Tres Amigos, actually. Uh, but the Three Amigos, if you've ever seen the film. It's a good film. It's really funny. It's mm-hmm. very good. Chevy Chase actually, you know, being very funny. I think Martin Short is in that as well. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's fantastic. It's it's excellent. Like, I, it's so much fun. Nowadays, of course, it'd be called racist, but... Um, nowadays we still don't give a shit what those people have to say so uh, enjoy if you have a chance to watch it it's really funny so los three amigos uh los uh, pollos hermanos los tres uh we're here to bring you more of the same i hope everybody has been having a great week so um jose Bidano is not having a good week in fact all indications currently show that the momentum the democrats had garnered over the reproductive right restriction to women in this country uh as ridiculous as it is a lot of people kind of they they got a lot of fundraising out of that but just like any other political party for the most part they'll campaign on something so that you donate and you vote but there's very little they're going to do about it in fact i would like to cite a couple of modern examples after the decision roe v wade which took place in the 1970s before any of our time. Uh, if you're born in 79, it doesn't count. That was This was before your time. You were, yeah, you were born in the 70s, technically, but you're really more of a 1980s person. And the 80s are cooler anyway, um, with the exception of punk rock getting a little bit soft as we went through the decade, as opposed to the Sid Vicious days. But that's okay. But you, then he, like, murdered somebody. He's dead anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Um what I'd like to cite is a couple of examples in the modern. So let's take a contemporary scope to this. For a long time, and this was when I was more conservative, this is when I was a communist, this is when I was a socialist and a libertarian, and up to now, which is I hate all of you, get off of my lawn. You damn teenager. You goddamn teenagers. Um, what we've <laughs> seen is that the Democrats have controlled, they took full control of the House in 2006, right? They got they got that, and then they got the Senate. Then when Mr. Obama was elected, he had, <coughs> bless you. I'm so sorry. You're not forgiven. Don't ever do it again. How dare you? Uh, so in 2008, uh, Mr. Obama, when he got into office in January 2009, he had what was called a supermajority. So he had a majority in the House. He had a majority in the Senate by, it was 60 seats they controlled. 60, not 51, 60. Okay. So that's, I believe, filibuster proof, if I'm not mistaken, which meant that they could have done anything they wanted to, legislatively speaking. And what they did was they let the insurance companies write Obamacare. Okay. They allowed the insurance companies to write the American Affordable Care Act. Instead of, let's say, guns, for example, they didn't go after guns then because they wanted bipartisan, at least some bipartisan support, which he would have gotten none at the time, um, none. And he didn't go for, let's say, some of the, oh, abortion. At that point in time, they could have codified law with a supermajority, a Democratic president, okay? 
and a, a large majority in the House. They chose not to do those things. They chose, Tim Ryan chose not to do those things. Okay? For those of you in Ohio, Tim Ryan chose to do nothing. Okay? Instead, they voted to give the insurance of the company the right to write the bill that defined the Affordable Care Act. So this wasn't even, Obama gets labeled as a socialist a lot, and he's not a socialist. If anything, he's a corporatist. He didn't do anything for the working people. They never do, but he didn't do anything for the working people. So calling him a socialist, I will call him a few things. One thing is very intelligent. I think Mr. Obama is one of the smarter people that's ever occupied that office in the modern era. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. Number two, okay, he's pragmatic. All right. He's very pragmatic. He knows he, and as far as his, uh, his public speaking, I, it's hard to, it, like maybe Ronald Reagan compares to him as far as being able to engage an audience and motivate a base. Barack had that. Like Barack definitely had that. And I know that's like, I can't believe Jason. I, I don't, I wouldn't have lunch with the guy. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't shake his hand. I, I don't like him. But we're talking objectively about what kind of person he was. Had he introduced, like said, I want the party to write a bill to protect female reproductive rights. I want this to happen and codify it into federal law, not rely on a, a Supreme Court or any court interpretation, but make it into a law passed by the representatives of the people. Again, we're talking in the context of the American federal system. So again, I don't think the federal government has any business. I mean, if we're going to play the constitution game, I don't think the federal government has any business discussing reproductive rights at all period, but I don't think the government in general, even down to your uh, city council or county council, has any business legislating that. But at that point in time, he could have just, that would have sailed right through. It would have sailed right through, hey, because there are pro-life there are pro -life Democrats, but they're, they're like, listen, I'm against, I'm not a fan of abortion, but I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. Those people are out there. They're not so much on the conservative side. They're pretty much staunchly opposed to the the idea even if one of their you know sons raped their daughters and had a baby they'd still probably want to keep it because the lord said so whatever that's retarded but that's that's where we're at they had an opportunity then to ram it through okay they had an opportunity this last time they have a slight majority in the house they have a contair's majority in the senate it's 50 50 50 50 50 50 split excuse me here I am trying to say 50 when I say 50. Uh, fitty, fitty split. Your, your brain was having that yeah. fitty, fitty moment where it was like, should I say 50 or should I say 50? No, I wanted to say 50, but my brain's like, motherfucker, why are you trying to be proper? Nobody's listening. So I, it's fitty, fitty split with that stupid bitch Kamala Harris breaking the tie. They could have used this opportunity. They declined. There are other instances. This Again, years of one party majority where this could have been settled okay, okay. they did nothing yeah i would now, have to agree now they're going to complain about it and i'm not even talking about the reagan era i mean not that you've gotten ronald reagan to sign it right but over but you could you, they could have uh overrode his veto if he vetoed a bill they had they had a democratic majority in both houses this is something that they could have done they did nothing so campaigning on this because the court decided the federal government doesn't have any business getting involved in that, I find that to be a little bit disingenuous. They had plenty of opportunities to codify that and make it a law so nobody fucked with your uteruses and told you what to do. They decided not to do it. You could play the game, oh, well, the courts, 
Courts don't write laws. They interpret things. Okay? That's how this works. Right. You write a law. It gets passed through both chambers. The asshole at 1600 stamps it. It becomes law. If somebody takes it to court and says, Ein Minuten, bitte, I think this is unconstitutional, it has to go through this whole process to make it to the Supreme Court. Okay? And the Supreme Court can say, yes, this is legal. Mm -hmm. This follows the Constitution. Or it's unconstitutional. Okay? Right. And just to, just to further um, continue your point as far as the Supreme Court, um, you know, what they do is, so they don't necessarily overturn the um, lower court's verdict. What they do is they take the information from that court case and you have to go through your local court. <clears throat> Then you have to go through the state court. So like the Supreme, you know, court of the state of Ohio, whatever um, mm -hmm. that. And then once you've exhausted everything at those two levels, then you can take it to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And then so what they do is then they will look at that information mm -hmm. that, you know, you have gathered and submitted and they will review it and they will go ahead and say, okay, um, you know, the, the lower court did make the right decision. There is no reason to overturn because blase, 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 blah. Right. And and it's a, an extensive process because the lawyers have to put together the examples of other cases um, that are in their favor. So when you read, um, like, appellate court documents, you will see the lawyer arguing for his side he's arguing the law and he's using case precedent mm -hmm. um, of other cases and he's citing those as an example in order for the court to go ahead and say wow you're right we we missed this we're we're gonna need to go ahead and overturn this and that's the process so like they're not actually making a final decision mm -hmm. they're just determining like you said whether or not it's constitutional or unconstitutional, but you have to provide them with the cases and the precedents in order for them to do that. Well said. And my the reason why I bring this up is because, like I said, they're apparently losing momentum. All of the polls, including Real Clear Politics, which is not known as a bastion of conservative thought nor a conservative think tank, has indicated that the Democrats are going to take a shellacking in the next couple of weeks. Well, I think that has less to do with abortion rights, and I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. Again, I think you should be allowed to murder your baby. I, I don't, I, I, it's not, it's, it, it is absolutely moot what I think of it. You didn't ask me, and I don't care what you do. I, I simply don't care. I don't care about your values. I don't care about whether or not a collection of cells. I mean, technically, we're all a collection of cells here, uh, but it's none of my business. You didn't ask me. And I frankly, I don't give a shit what you do, okay? I'm not a Christian. I'm not a believer in any kind. Like, it doesn't matter to me. And even when I was a Christian towards the end, I recognized that whether or not I like something has nothing to do with your right to be able to do what you want. Yeah. Okay? It has nothing to do with it. Okay? You could be pro-life. Like, I don't see a lot of people lining up to adopt these children that are languishing 
Like literally suffering. Or how about all of the kids that are born to parents who should have never fucking been parents? And I'm not talking about C plus dads like me. Okay, I did I did what I you know, the food, water, shelter, education, being there, not going out for cigarettes and never coming back. Like and I did the single parent thing, dog. Like I I did it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like fortunately I you know, I met somebody who helped me raise my son later on in life, but that was for six years. I was a single parent. I did it. Okay, so I understand. All right. But I don't see a lot of these organizations doing an adopt a drive. All right. Enough with the fucking jackets and, and, and sweaters. Well, Why don't you fucking live by your principles and go help these goddamn kids out? Because let me tell you something right now. That foster system is just absolutely rife with abuse. Rife yes. with abuse. OK. People okay. just getting checks. We have a, 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 well, a former mutual co-worker of ours who went through the foster system. All they ate was fucking cereal because it was the cheapest item. And then they got the check from Uncle Sugar. So they didn't have to spend as much money on the kids. A lot of these people aren't in it to help the children. Right. But there are a lot of people who want to adopt children because they genuinely want to be parents and they want to have a family. Why don't you make it a little bit easier? Why don't you adopt the fucking kids instead of telling people how to live their lives? Again, I think you should be able to kill your baby. I also think I should be able to go to Walmart today and buy an, an M60 with belts for my fully automatic machine gun without with, without a background check. And I'm not saying that. Thank you. And I'm not saying that as being, I I literally believe that because according to the way I read it, shall not be infringed means fuck you. That's what that means. And thou shall, you know, shall not be infringed on your uterus. If you want to let some, some schmuck P and D you, and you have a bit, I don't want to pay for your baby's education. I don't want to pay for the formula that's not on the shelves. Thank you, Joe Biden. I don't want to pay for any of this shit. I don't, I don't want to be involved. I I want no involvement. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, and, and, and there's also like this weird thing when it comes to abortion is, you know, um, like the baby was never, Uh, considered a living thing because the mom had decided that it wasn't going to be a living thing. So there's all this weird, like, language and thought processes and theories behind abortion. And I just, I don't know. Like, it's a lot. And I'm just going to say straight up, flat out, like, it's nobody's fucking business what a woman decides to do with, you know, the baby that's in her body. I agree. Like, have an abortion. I don't want to know about it. Don't tell me. Yeah. That's between right. you. It's nothing to be proud about. That's right. I mean, but right. That's what you I... want to do, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, don't talk to me about it. I don't want to know that you had an abortion. Don't care. I, I don't want to be involved. Mm-hmm. I d- don't. You know, that's between you and the person you're dating. Perhaps it's your husband. You know, perhaps it's a boyfriend. Perhaps it's not. And you're in a situation, right? Like Mm -hmm. you had a one night stand. Now you're fucking pregnant and you need to, you know, abort your baby. Um, You know, that's your business. And that's between you and whoever else is involved. And that would be the person that you decided to sleep with, possibly, and your doctor or mm-hmm. whoever's going to be performing the abortion. Outside of that, nobody else needs to know. Nope. And nobody else needs to pay for it either. If you want to go ahead and do something like that, I, I'm all for it. I'm and, and none of these people are really, I mean, there are some crazies that think that it should be like, you know, like insurance companies should cover. But I, I don't want to get involved. I don't care. It's not right. my problem. 
you can duke it out with whoever. Well, like a lot of these people, you know, and like, I don't mean it to be rude, but a lot of these people go around and they tout about, you know, oh, I had to have like seven abortions. Like, I don't need to know that. Please don't tell me about how many babies you have decided to kill. Like, thanks for letting me know that your uterus is a cemetery. Right. right. <laughs> like, I just, you know, and there's sometimes where people tell friends things, and I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, in general, like, if you're not talking to a close friend about the situation or, you know, a family member or somebody that you can trust and confide or a in. Therapist. A therapist. A therapist, yep. I, don't go spouting this shit out in public is what I mean by that. It's like, nobody wants to know. Yeah. Don't go posting about it on fucking Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea either. And, you know, again, I don't want to spend a whole hell of a lot of time on this, but this ties into what I'm reading now. In fact, they had to wheel out uh, his lordship, uh, Barack Hussein Obama, peace be upon his name. Uh, <laughs> first of his name, uh, ruler of the Democrats and the Andals and the First Men, uh, king of all of Chicago, which is a dump. No offense to our Illinois listeners. So this is great. So this is from The Hill. The Hill is not known as a bastion of conservative thought or conservative journalism. Okay. Never has been. The Hill is a left-leaning or I would not left-leaning. I'd say liberal publication because yeah. there is a demonstrable difference between a left-wing psychopath and somebody who consider themselves a liberal. And I will okay? say that there are a few articles that I've seen from The Hill that's been kind of, uh, you know, critical. Sure. And, you know, on Democrats sure. and things like that. So they're like Vice News. A broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. But, and, you know, you know, they got. But this is good. So this says this is by Alexander Bolton. No relation to the war criminal John Bolton. Uh, Democrats ready for midterm blame game. This is going to be good. Three weeks out from a midterm election that is beginning to look more and more like a big victory for Republicans. Democrats are starting to play the blame game. Former President Barack Hussein Obama stepped into the spotlight over the weekend by warning fellow Democrats and progressives not to be, quote, a buzzkill by constantly scolding people for being politically incorrect. That is huge, by the way. Okay, it's gotten to the point that the former president of the United States has to step in and say, could you please fucking calm down a little bit with these words like you're 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 ostracizing people we that we might agree with because they're not following uh, strict party discipline on pronouns or whatever the fuck it is. Okay. Senator Bernie Sanders, who is eyeing a potential run for president in 2024, says the party is spending too much time talking about abortion rights and not enough talking about economic inequality and that it didn't go big enough in passing legislation to help Americans struggling to afford health care, prescription drugs, and other basic needs. I may not agree with Bernard Sanders politically at all, but he has a point. Well, yeah, I mean, I totally, I want to talk more about, you know, economic equality. That's what I want to know. Okay, fair enough. From the Democrats, specifically. (laughs) The party of the people. Yes. Meanwhile, younger House Democrats who are scrambling to keep their seats in Congress, including Representative Elisa Slotkin from Michigan, argue the party leadership has fallen out of touch with many voters. You don't say. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and have called for a new generation and new blood in charge of the party. It's not going to happen, okay? That the boomers are never going to relinquish their power in any capacity or party or anything like that. And many Democratic lawmakers have pointed to President Biden's low approval rating. I want to call him Bidano. I'm so used to call him Jose Bidano, you know, Ward of the Easter Bunny, or, (laughs) you know, 
I, I, ward I, of the Easter Bunny? Yeah, the ward. He's the Easter Bunny's ward. The ward. He's, he has to be taken care of by the rabbit. <laughs> okay. You know? Yeah. Um, in one of the funniest clips in my lifetime, that's I, for goddamn sure. Christopher and I had a hoot at that yeah. man's expense. It was. That uh, Easter was... in the into half. Yes. That, that was really funny, and I had forgotten about that. Like, I was going through a really stressful time at work, and, like, I completely blocked out the easter bunny and when we watched it like a couple of months ago i was like what are you talking about like that it, oh, that was fucking hilarious christopher yeah. and i lost it on that podcast <laughs> i gotta find it and repost it for those that may have not caught it that stuff was exquisite like it was so goddamn funny anyway getting back to jose all right jose Bidano's low approval rating as a drag on their own prospects it all comes as recent polling has shown a Republican resurgence in key Senate and House races and left Democrats worrying they peaked too soon. Obama and Sanders both expressed the concern that's becoming more and more widespread across the party. Did Democrats err in focusing on culture fights and issues like abortion while ceding the stage to Republicans on inflation? Before I continue on with Mr. Obama's quote, allow me to say this. A lot of people feel very passionately about reproductive rights. A lot of people feel passionately about restricting your reproductive rights. However, not everybody is impacted by that. Okay? Not everybody either gets pregnant and has an abortion or really cares. A lot of people don't really care. But what does affect everybody is gas prices, the purchasing power of the dollar. Okay? The fact that everything is going up in cost and their wages remain stagnant. That is something that everybody, with perhaps the exception being the upper middle class and the ruling class and the political class, the rest of us, the working people, are going to feel that every single day. And who does the majority of the work in this country? The working class, who have to pay $4 a gallon now. It's almost back to again. I don't know what that is in leaders, guys, in the UK and Canada. I have no fucking idea what that is, but just know that it's a lot of money. Um, so, again, they're going to, yeah, you being mad about not being able to kill your baby, I understand completely. Your bodily autonomy is important, just like you being able to say no to an experimental, um, let's say, vacation. Um, you know, if you don't want the vacation, you have the bodily autonomy to say no to the vacation. Uh, same principle, same principle. I don't want to use those words and get flagged again for my second strike on YouTube. Not that anybody wa It's so funny. Hardly anybody watches the goddamn show on YouTube and they're like coming after me. Like they've got a boner for You're my not, butthole. Like, so I think we discussed this before with their terms and agreement. Like there are like, first of all, you cannot talk about any um, presidential election in the United States, ever, any election being frauded or you cannot speak in regards to mm -hmm. any type of um, person who is being considered um, as the next head of the state to, um, you know, if they have any um, issues um, mentally, physically speaking, you cannot talk in regards to that. And there are specific elections that you cannot talk about for other countries as well um outside of the u.s okay. that they've decided that that's a red flag uh, i just want to make sure i don't talk about experimental gene vacations I just talk about regular vacations i just want to make sure that i'm not upsetting anybody so 
you know, again, I believe in bodily autonomy across the board, not just in one category. Uh, and I hope that you would join me in that as well. Yeah, I think if people want to stick carrots in their nose or inside their eyeballs, they totally should. All right. Sounds good. So Mr. Obama is quoted as saying, when we're talking about putting together durable majorities, we have to be able to speak to everybody about their common interests. Obama said in an interview with Pod Save America. When we get into trouble sometimes is when we try to suggest that some groups are more because they historically have been victimized more, that somehow they have a status that's different than other people. And that's where we're going around scolding folks if they don't use the exactly the right phrase or that identity politics becomes the principal lens through which we view our various political challenges, he said. Sometimes Democrats are a buzzkill, Obama observed. Obama's first major interview of the midterm campaign season immediately generated media buzz at a time when party strategists were trying to put Republicans on the defensive instead of reflecting on the divisions of their own party. Mike Lux, a Democratic strategist and Clinton White House advisor, said, I don't disagree with the former president. I think the language police stuff gets a little silly, but I would also say that in the focus groups that I have done and the polling that I've worked on, voters are not most are not mostly focused on that stuff. That's what Twitter's focused on, he said. My sense of what voters are focused on is economic issues, abortion, stuff that matters to them and their lives. I do think it's funny that he went first with economics. You don't say, Mr. Lux. One senior Republican strategist said Obama is getting out ahead of what is likely to be an intense debate within the Democratic Party if it loses control of the House and possibly the Senate as well. If Democrats get wiped out, you'll probably see a lot of people in their party pointing back to that message as a way to find renewals, said the strategist. I think he's doing it because they're expecting huge losses in the election, and he wants to take a leadership role in guiding the party after the losses. It basically sets him up as the smart guy who understood why Democrats were about to lose, but people didn't necessarily listen to him, the source said. It empowers him to be a power broker heading into 2024. After Democrats lost nine seats in control of the Senate in 2014, Senator Fuck You Schumer said his party was wrong to focus too much on health care reform in the midst of a great recession. Quote, We were in the middle of a recession and, and people were hurting and said, What about me? I'm losing my job. It's not health care that bothers me. What about me? My income is declining and I can't do the things I used to do. It's not my health care at, at, at issue, Schumer told reporters at the National Press Club in late November 2014 before he ascended to become Senate Democratic leader. Democratic strategists say they're still optimistic about keeping control of Congress. That optimism, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is grossly misplaced. They are going to lose at least one chamber. At least. At least. They're going to get their ass kicked in the House. I mean, like I said, even real clear politics is moving the needle completely in the other direction. Again, Money talks and bullshit walks. Okay, of course, that's the name of the game. People are like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you've been to the grocer lately. Anybody been to the grocery store? Okay, those of you that haven't received a raise in years. Okay, your money is worth incredibly less than it was even ten years ago. And you're gassing the car. You're going the same distance to work. And I don't want to hear any bullshit about, oh, well, you know, public transportation. If you don't live in a large city, that's not an option for you. Okay? It's not an option for you. All right? Furthermore, 
I don't really give a fuck about public transportation. If I have a car and I want to drive it, there's no reason why gasoline should be this goddamn expensive. And they keep blaming Saudi Arabia, even though the majority of our petroleum that we import comes from our neighbors. It comes from Canada and it comes from Mexico. Uh, I'd rather do business with my neighbors than those fucking religious fanatics out there in the desert. I'm sorry. I just I, I don't want anything to do with that. That place is a mess. I want nothing to do with it. But that be that as, as it may. We'll continue on. Jonathan Cott, spelled with a K, okay, a Democratic strategist and former Senate aide, argued that Herschel Walker, the Republican Senate candidate in Georgia, is imploding, while the Senate race in Ohio, a state that has trended Republican in recent election cycles, is now on the table, and then incumbent Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa is ahead of his Democratic opponent by only three points in a recent poll. Yet Cott said... There always is a reevaluation of strategy after an election, especially when a party loses, and advised Democrats should take a lesson from President Obama. He spoke to the entire country. He didn't speak to one group on Monday um, or another on Tuesday. President Obama is absolutely correct. We need to start talking to the entire country, all voters, and say, here's all the things we've done. Cott said Cott, who advised centrist Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia. Manchin who represents a state former President Trump won by large margins in 2016 and 2020, has urged his Democratic Senate colleagues for more than a year to pay more attention to voters' concerns about inflation, which Cott said Manchin was absolutely right to focus on. One of the reasons he was right is he talks to his constituents every day, multiple times a day, and hearing directly from people is probably a better indicator than any economic forecast you can get, he said. The political picture has gotten worse for Senate Democrats and in the House since they left Washington three weeks ago, still feeling confident in their chances, buoyed by getting a bold new tax reform and climate bill signed into law and hopeful there will be a voter backlash against the conservative Supreme Court and, quote, MAGA Republicans. But a New York Times Siena College poll published Monday showed that independents and women are shifting to the Republican Party despite the spotlight Democrats have put on abortion rights and that Biden's low approval rating is a major headwind for Democrats. The survey found that 49% of registered voters nationwide said they would vote for a Republican to represent them in Congress, while 45% said that they would vote for a Democrat. It was conducted from October 9th to October 12th. It showed that 24% of registered voters think the nation is on the right track. I'll say that again. 24% think the nation is on the right track, while 62% thinks it's moving in the wrong direction. 26% of the respondents said the economy is the most important problem facing the country right now, and 19% said inflation is the biggest problem. Only 4% said they saw abortion as the most pressing issue. Once again, you may be like, well, goddamn those people, they don't know, they're not understanding. Listen, at the end of the day, not everybody gets involved in that. But everybody goes to the grocery store. Everybody's got to gas their car. Everybody's got to look at how much Uncle Sugar and the, and the state and local are taken out of their money, out of their paychecks, how their dollar is worth less, okay? That is the direct impact people are feeling. I'm not saying what you guys think is important is not important. I understand. However, your neighbors don't agree with you. They're looking at the fact that they can't afford to live very well, okay? And again, when they print it, like, I know that people don't think that the stimmy checks affect, but printing money does affect the, the worthlessness of your dollar. It just simply does, okay? 
when the when the when the when the machine goes brrr and prints out money, it devalues the currency. It's just it's simple economics. It's just simple to understand that. Okay. So again, that's not good for the liberals, the Democrats. Again, I think they're going to get shit pumped in a couple of weeks here. Um, Tim Ryan is projected to lose, which I may not like his opponent, but I fucking hate Tim Ryan. I would like to fight Tim Ryan in the street for money for $10 and three Hot Wheels. Put them in the middle of the street. Put Tim Ryan out there. Bare knuckle, too. No gloves. No gloves. You could tape your wrists to make sure nothing gets broken. But I'm talking about old-fashioned brawl. I I would love to fight the man. I really would. And and as long as I don't go to jail, if they write some kind of thing that, you know, if I could fight him and there's mutual combat and I don't go to jail, I'll fight him. I'll I'll go into training camp. I will fight that son of a bitch. I don't like the man. Never have liked the man. He's a fraud. He's a phony. He's a piece of shit. And he's a fake working class motherfucker. I don't like him. You heard it here every goddamn week that I've talked about this son of a bitch. I'm telling you right now. I hope he gets abducted by aliens. I hope Joe Rogan calls that one guy Bob Lazar and they get that Area 51 thing and suck him up and take him somewhere else and dump him on the sun. <laughs> get him out of here. I don't like him. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on from that, um, when I bring up crabs, I guarantee you Christopher and I are not thinking immediately of the kind you would get at the Red Lobster. We're immediately going to joke about your STD. Crabs. Ah, yeah, Frank's got the crabs. It's just, it's natural. I'm sorry. You're going to have to forgive us. We're still boys in many ways, including our sense of humor, because we're not fucking assholes, and we like to have a laugh and a good time. This, however, is an area of very sincere importance to those of you who enjoy the Red Lobster, but also enjoy uh, the crab. Uh, you know, regular crab. Like, let's say you go and uh, do, uh, what is it, the the crab, what is it, the, the crab boil or whatever it is. They put the corn in there and all that shit. Uh, This is a problem. Biologists say the warming of the waters of the Bering Sea in recent years is a possible factor in the decline of snow crab as Alaska cancels snow crab season amid population decline. So guess what? That crab fest, not the one at the whorehouse, but the one at the lobster, the Red Lobster, the fine dining establishment of the uh, lower middle class. I'm telling you right now, when you, it was your birthday, that's where you go to Red Lobster. We're going to Red Lobster, okay, everybody? I want you to make sure that you get the Cheddar Bay Biscuits and tell that fucking bitch to keep bringing them, okay? We're going to at least throw three or four each in the to-go bag, all right? Um, those biscuits are delicious, by the way. If you've never had them, they're delicious. Please the, fuck a favor. <laughs> yeah, for, please. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game said this week that it has canceled the winter snow crab season in the Bering Sea for the first time because of decline in crab population. The fishing industry described the cancellation as a crushing blow. Biologists say the warming of the waters of the Bering Sea in recent years is a possible factor of the decline in snow crab population. The number of crab has now fallen below the threshold for opening fishery. The Fish and Game Department said in a statement, adding to the Bering Sea snow crab season, which typically opens October 15th, have been canceled this year. Crabbers and industry officials were upset with the state's decision to cancel the season. Miranda Westphal, what? Um, I think it has less to do with warming waters and more to do with fuel and other factors. What about fuel? Um, just because it keeps going up, you have to fuel the boats. 
Um, you know, people uh, have to work on the boats. But what does that and... have to do with the decline of the population? We're talking about declining crab population, not about the price of gas, though. But how does one? I don't the think other? that that's. I think that it's just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I think that they're canceling it to make it another one of those things. Like because okay, so so view it this way. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it since it's a food source, right? Sure. How many other food sources have been canceled or? Uh, buildings were set on fire (laughs) like it could just like i just start to think for a second okay they've been ringing that bell of warming waters for since i've been alive okay and i'm like you know i'm 37 here like the waters have been warming since i was inside my my mother's womb okay like now all of a sudden it's canceled after all these fucking years, like somebody uh, really needs to look into it to to determine whether or not this is an actual factual thing. If the crab population is is smaller, or if it's just they're trying, it's just another fucking thing that they're cutting off. Well, that's that's genuinely a possibility. The other one I would like others to consider. It says here uh, the biologist says from 2018 to 2021 we lost about 90 percent of the animals. That is a huge problem. Where did they go? They died? Um, my suspicion is overfishing. Probably. That's genu- That's genuinely what I believe. Especially when, you know, you have a show that's still on TV. I know they do Snow Crab and King Crab season. You know, they do both of them. But who knows how many boats are out there. And that doesn't include those, those fuckers from Russia fishing over there. Because we don't own all the water. Um, but yeah, I think it's overfishing. Typically, when you see these drastic declines in population of food that comes from the sea, be it f- uh, fish or crab or, you know, whatever it is, either one, it's gen- it's generally from industrial fishing. I mean, that's, they had the problem in Australia where they were using industrial fishing methods. And there was, we, we, what a lot of people don't understand, again, I had to do this study in biology when I went and got my undergrad was the fishing techniques of industrial fishing is you are not targeting a specific kind of fish. You're literally throwing in this massive net and and trawling, and you're bringing up everything. But guess what? You're not using everything, okay? You're not catching all tuna, let's say, even though that's not, you know, typically... It doesn't have to be tuna. It could be halibut. It could be anything. Uh, But you're catching a lot of other stuff that you're not processing, but it ends up dying, while you're hauling it in and you're processing the catch and all this other stuff. So that is, in my opinion, I think it's, it's, and don't forget, do you know who the largest consumer of seafood on the planet is, right? It's all the Asian countries. And this is not a racist thing, but the Chinese, the Koreans, and the Japanese fucking decimate sea populations uh, of fish, any kind of, any kind of, um, uh, any kind of any kind of seafood that you could think of. Not to mention the Japanese are well renowned for their fucking shark fin soup. They've been a hit, like which to me is, I, I'm sorry, I, I you don't need to eat sharks. The sharks keep the balance in the ocean uh, for uh, the the population, unless of course the fisheries show up and destroy it. Well, and to top it all off, like that's like it's one thing like if they capture the shark and we're like, hey, we're gonna use the whole thing, but like they typically. Right. Capture the shark, cut yes. its fins off, and then throw it back in the ocean for it to die. Yes. Like, that's... <laughs> like, I'm no fucking hippie, but, like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, like, it's... Come on. 
it's the same principle again of trophy hunting versus actually using the animal and you and eating it you know what i mean again i'm not a hunter i don't have any <clears throat> problem with it hell that's how we all were able to survive for thousands of years so i'm not soft in that regard but to, to hunt to just kill something to me i think is just fucking repugnant that's just me again like that's if you know if you want to go fishing you know go fishing and use the fish mm -hmm. like eat the fish mm -hmm. you know but like the you know take it to a fucking taxidermy be like i got this big fish oh look at this i'm gonna get this all fucking hung on my wall but like bitch try to eat it i mean seriously it's a waste it genuinely is a waste this is interesting though i want to point this out how this is a little bit of a piece of a propaganda again we could be wrong and it could be warming oceans they're alleging that alaska is the fastest warming state in the entire republic okay maybe maybe not this is great Westfall says disease could have also been a factor with the following quote. We don't know and we're never going to actually know because the crabs are gone. But the New York Times leads off with climate. Mm -hmm. So even though the scientist who has, a, who has a suspicion it may be climate, at the end of the article, we don't, we are never actually going to know because the crabs are gone. Yeah. So it could have been a myriad of things. Disease, warming waters, overfishing. Fuck that. We're not leading with that. We're leading with climate. Right. We're, we're going to lead with climate. So that, to me, is very frustrating. And it's not a good thing at all. It's not a good thing for... And first of all, like, again, sustainable use is a big deal. Like, I mean, again, I'm no... Like Christopher said, I'm no goddamn hippie. But, like, I mean, come on. Do you really want to run out of crab? What's wrong with being a hippie? <sighs> they don't shower. <laughs> You're crusty. I yeah. Crusty. All right. I mean. Um, Eric Cartman does hate them. <laughs> he sure does. Right. He sure does. But, yeah, that's. Again, I don't know why it has to be a lead off with climate other than you're trying to already persuade the reader to come to that conclusion prior to coming to the marine biologist telling you we really are never going to know. I They're just like, have to say climate change. So therefore, we must give the government more money to make the weather more gooder. <laughs> yes. And I just have to say they've been blaming everything on the climate for forever. And the climate does affect things like. I'm I'm not saying that it doesn't because it absolutely does. Um, you know, if if uh waters are warmer and these crabs like it a, a little bit colder, they probably migrated to a place where there's colder water. And that happens with, you know, sharks and um whales and other animal species like when the water is warmer those giant fucking jellyfish that have pods that literally walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as they are walking across the fucking ocean, mm -hmm. like walking across the ocean, little plumes of little tiny baby jellyfish are just. Poof, poof, poof. And right. that's because the water's warmer and they thrive in warmer water. Yep. And yeah. then the Japanese created this problem because they didn't know. And they decided, oh, we just kill giant jerry fish. We just killed him. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, don't Jerry, just cue. 
giant jerryfish. You can't just do that because guess what happens? They're like, oh, and they, they, they get orgasmic and they fucking mass populate right then yeah, and there. They just start coming. They start coming and then, then they fertilize these fucking pods that yep. walk yep. in so, the goddamn so ocean. So what you're telling me is that jellyfish are hardcore into BDSM. They are. Very much so. Yes. They're like, they're like, ooh, yeah, step on my cubes. Yes. The- Spit in my mouth and call me Sally. <laughs> the giant jerryfish is problem. Yeah, is big problem. So, again, the New York Times, the uh, periodical of ill repute, who don't forget has supported every single war this country has gotten involved they in. Beat that war drum, baby. You better believe it, not ooh, to mention... Ooh. Quote, our man in the New York Times, Walter Duranty, who covered up the Holodomor in Ukraine. I know it's a dirty word for some of you fucks, uh, where 7 million Ukrainians were starved to death in a single year by the Soviet Union. And the New York Times actually ran interference for Joseph Stalin, one of the greatest mass murderers in the history of the human race. So just keep that in mind. New York Times is trash. Anyway, yes. Hold on, really quickly. On a side note, I got I got this great spam text message that I need to share live in real time. It says, "This is your third and last warn. We will suspend your mobile. Will spelled with W exclamation mark L L. Your (laughs) is spelled with Y zero U R." Mobile is spelled M-O-B exclamation mark L-E. Device is spelled D-E-V exclamation mark C-E. And then it says any minute. Please clean spam messages. Scan now. The A in please is the at symbol. Oh, good. This is my last warn. Well, That's what it says right there. I hope you're able to retort in... Good fashion here. Of course, I won't ask you to do it now because you just received it. But at some point in time, I hope to hear what your reply is uh, because you know that I am a creative writer and I enjoy responding to spam messages with a little bit of my own spam and spooge and jumper cables and all the fun things you all heard before here, including chip dip. Um, (laughs) I hate to do it, but I'm going to say it one more time. I bring you more of the same. This is some local news, okay? From the city of hate, Akron, Ohio. A dangerous city, which yet again has claimed another life. The title of this article. Senseless and reckless bystander dies from gunshot at Akron gas station dispute. Jesus. An uninvolved bystander shot on September 1st during an altercation inside an Akron gas station died today, Wednesday morning, leaving his grieving family questioning why no one is facing criminal charges in his death. Torres Brewster, 48, of Akron, was shot in the head in the store of the 800 block of Lover's Lane, according to the Summit County Medicals Examined Orifice. Let me explain something to you. Don't fucking get gas on Lover's Lane. Don't get gas on East Market Street by the university. Don't fucking get out of your car. All right? Unless, I mean, I don't even know where to tell you to get out of your car. No es frio, man. Not cool. No es frio. 
He was transported to Sumacra to the hospital where he's listed in critical condition. He was pronounced dead at 2.07 a.m. today, the medical examiner's office said. Brewster was a bystander in the East Akron neighborhood store. I wouldn't call that East Akron, really. I mean, East Akron is closer to Ellet, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, when the cashier drew a gun during a dispute with another customer that apparently started over incorrect change. Jesus Christ. Over incorrect change. That's what people get killed over all the time, and it's really fucked up. The gun discharged and struck Brewster, police said. He was on life support in a coma for a month and a half before he died. What happened was very senseless and and reckless. Brewster's brother-in-law, Manuel Powell Jr., said, Torres did not deserve this fate. It just isn't fair what happened to him. The cashier told police the dispute escalated when the man who was arguing with her made threats to kill her, began damaging the store, threw items at her, and tried to grab her through the plexiglass divider. The cashier pulled out a handgun, which discharged police said. 34-year-old man identified by police as the, as the customer is facing misdemeanor aggravated menacing charges. Okay, in my opinion, that's the guy who is responsible for this fucking shit starting because if some lady's pulling a handgun to defend herself because you're reaching through the glass to try to fucking attack her over, over wrong change, over incorrect change, you're the goddamn problem. Okay, I wish she would have been a little bit more fastidious with her firearm because in the end, the discharge comes from her weapon, which ended this individual's life. She's absolutely held responsible for that weapon and that discharge. I, I agree with you there. Charges have not been brought against the cashier who was seen back at work the next day. We believe the charges should have been filed right away, then later amended, which is a common practice. Said Charles, said Charles Tyler, senior, the family's attorney. Tyler said Bruster was simply an innocent bystander who was dearly loved by his family and the community and had his life cut short by an act of negligence on the cashier's part. Not wrong. Uh, the family's nephew, Daryl Calhoun Jr., said he loves and misses his uncle, the family's fishing buddy. Jesus fucking Christ. It's sad how something like this can happen to anyone, he said. I'm just praying for some type of justice. You're not going to get it, buddy. Sorry, Daryl. Just anything that can help my family heal. Calhoun also questioned why no one has been charged yet in his uncle's shooting. I believe this incident could have been handled differently by police. (laughs) You don't fucking say. He said, would things have moved faster if the innocent customer who was shot been a child? It's unfair to think that maybe justice could have been served a little quicker had my uncle been a child or something like that. Well, we're sorry. That's fucking awful so again the city of akron demonstrates why and by the way there are many areas of akron that are nice okay there are if you go down merriman road towards the valley it's beautiful by stan hewitt hall it's very pretty as you go towards uh, on west market street going towards fairlawn by the fairlawn country club no less uh it is very pretty There are also neighborhoods that are out of a fucking nightmare in that city, okay? Out of a nightmare. And like I said before on the show, that city is routinely overlooked because of our bigger neighbors to the north. Canton is ignored altogether because of Akron. Akron Akron takes the fuck... That's how bad shit is. But like Cleveland completely overshadows. Akron, so kind of what happens down here on the 77 corridor between the two cities, in the two cities, 
unless you're from the area, it's largely ignored by the media. If it happens in Cleveland, it's a bit more of a story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to mention, Akron is uh, a home of to two world-class hospitals who specialize, I believe one of them is a level one trauma specifically for gunshot wounds. So you're 10 minutes away from one of the best hospitals on the planet with a level one trauma center for gunshot wounds. Unfortunately, this individual was not saved from this. However, that's why the statistics don't reflect the level of violence that takes place in the city. Lover's Lane has been dangerous since I was a kid. Same. Okay. We used to hear about they had the Crips, the Lover's Lane Crips back in the day when I just learned about what Crips and Bloods were. (laughs) Okay. And the first thing I think of is Timmy. I know. Me too. That's why I started laughing. Yeah. It's the first thing I think of is Timmy (laughs) and Jimmy when they joined the Crips. That shit's funny. Uh, but in reality, there were legitimately there were legitimate gangs um, that uh, had, you know, kind of uh, taken over. I wouldn't go to Lover's Lane for any reason, okay? And I used when on my way to work, I would I would drive in that area, like around Brown Street, and Lover's Lane was a little bit over there. But that was at seven o'clock in the morning. Typically, the only people that are out right then are people going to fucking work. So again, at two o'clock in the morning on Lover's Lane. Don't don't go to a gas station. There okay. there's a there's a Circle K less than a mile down the street from my house that because of where it's located, I won't go to after dark. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, like I won't go there. I'll drive the extra two or three miles to the other Circle K should I need to. There you go. Uh, patronize such a location, but you got to know your closest to my house after dark. You, okay. Don't play the game. Like, no, I mean, no. shit's volatile. Shit right. is volatile. The other day, I wanted to talk about this. I had to um, take my son to work, and he works in the city of Akron. Um, I dropped him off early in the morning, and I had my dog in the car. So I was going to take him down Cascade, which is a park in Akron. Beautiful trail. Beautiful trail. Next to the little Cuyahoga River. Those of you that uh, were friends on social media, you see I take a lot of pictures when I'm down there. So I love the walk. I, I legitimately love the walk. I think it's fantastic. It's nice. I don't put my headphones on. Typically because I don't like people sneaking up on me. And my dog is a husky, not a German Shepherd. So he's not exactly... He, I mean, he'll turn around and look. As opposed to a German Shepherd, they'll turn around, look, and glare. Uh, letting me know that there's potentially a problem. My dog does not have that instinct. My dog is like, oh, there's somebody there. Perhaps they have snacks or they're pets. You know what I mean? He's going to get a pet on the head or a snack. Either way, no headphones on the trail when I'm doing that. It's it's just, it's too secluded. Shit can get really wiry fast. I'm driving down West Market Street, going west to get down to Merriman Road. And I'm, I'm, I'm driving past St. Vincent St. Mary's Catholic Parish is on the left. And on the right-hand side is the high school where Jabron went. Those mm-hmm. of you familiar with Jabron, you drive past his school, the I Promise School, which is right down the road from there, where that 17-year-old Firestone student was beaten to death on the basketball course. Yes. Okay? Just a, just a reminder. Just a reminder of where you are. And I'm thinking, there's like, the fuckery's not going to happen this early. Boy, was I wrong. There's a guy in front of the Buick dealership, t-shirt, 
shorts, and mind you, I'm wearing shorts, but I have a jacket on because it was like 34. He's yelling at traffic and yelling at the world and carrying on. And and I go, God damn, crazy on a Saturday morning at 7 o'clock already? Like, we start fucking early in this town. We start early in this town. Guys, Ohio is, is, is a constitutional carry state. Fucking arm up. You never know when shit's going to get hairy. I mean, and I'm not joking. If you have the ability, arm up. Don't go anywhere without it. Protect yourself at all times, okay? Make this, sure you know how to use the the uh, yeah. tool. Don't discharge the round and hit an innocent person because, you know, of loose change or bad change yeah. or wrong change. Don't carry just to carry. Know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Know how to use it. Know how to use it. Uh, again, you could also get um, some, you know, pepper spray, some bear bear spray, and keep that on you too if you're not comfortable um, carrying a weapon such as, you know, a firearm. Uh, any type of deterrent is always the best. Um, you know, so try to protect yourself in any way that you can. Well said. Be careful out there. Uh, it's a real knife fight, as Tim would say. Moving on. Uh, this is from Reuters. Uh, the French who are known for cheese, wine, surrendering during World War II after six weeks. Um, I'm I'm just kidding, our French listeners. I, I'm really joking. You guys had delicious cheese. And uh, you did help the United States of America defeat the British Empire during the War of Independence. Thank you for that. Not avec the, du fromage. Avec du fromage. Uh, je suis très bien uh, et vous. <laughs> um, Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? That's from the song. I think that means you would like to have make sex with three people, I think. Um, I think that's what they're saying. I think that's what they're saying. I, I think it's, would you like to uh, would you, would stay you with me? with me tonight? Yeah. Oh, I had it totally wrong. I thought it was a treeway. Uh, you know, a treeway? That would, that would be yeah. a menage a trois. Yeah, menage a trois. Yeah. Trois. As in trois. Trois. Yeah. Trois. Trois. Um, trois. I'm sorry for butchering your language. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> well said. So the French are also known, jokes aside, they're also known for fighting the government and striking on a regular basis, which I, again, <laughs> I'm very happy with this. They're mad again. So scuffles break out as French uh, strike the call for higher wages. Dozens of black clad protesters, how racist, clashed with police and broke shop windows on Tuesday on the margin on the margins of a demonstration with several thousand people took to the streets of Paris to call for wage hikes as high inflation eats away at their purchasing power. Gee, I wonder if that same inflation is affecting workers here in the United States. Maybe it's a different it's le inflation, <laughs> not inflation here. Uh, 11 people in, uh, were arrested in Paris. The in- interior minister said in the early evening, adding that 107,000 people nationwide followed the protest call from left-wing parties in some u- unions, including 13,000 in the capital. The hardline CGT trade union said 70,000 people took place, uh, took part in the in the march in Paris. By the way, the CGT is the French wing of the CNT, which is in Spain, which is one of the oldest syndicalist uh, unions in the world. Bicycles. Correct. Yes. So regional train traffic was cut by about half as several unions called a nationwide strike seeking to capitalize on the anger at decades-high inflation prices. 
um, expand and uh, exp to expand weeks of industrial action on oil refineries to other economic sectors. The question of wages in the French people's number is the French people's number one priority, said the head of the union, Philippe Martinez, said ahead of the march, it's more than urgent. Uh, so the French who are able to get at least the decent amount of people to go out and protest. Anybody around here actually doing any protesting over their shit wages and expensive? No. No, because Americans are always fucking going to work. They go to work sick. They go to work with, uh, you know, broken broken foot. They, go, they, they, they can't afford to miss work. So, yeah, um, they go to work with COVID. <laughs> um, or the flu, or any of that shit. It's... Um, it's a real knife fight out there. So that's all I have for this week. Um, again, the three amigos here, uh, the original school. Uh, here OG. To, yeah, the OG. Again. OG crew. We are happy to bring you more of the same. I will leave it up to the rest of the gang. Angel, do you have anything before we depart company? Um, no, I just wanted to give an update. I am still working on the mass shooters list. Um, there was a, a delay in the Nicholas Cruz trial, um, for the, uh, Parkland shooting. So, um, they just, you know, they came back to that. So I was going to watch some of those videos that get through, um, kind of like the finalization of that. Um, they went on a, like a two week delay and then now there's a further delay in sentencing, which is, I think was supposed to happen. I want to say today, but I'm not, I can't remember 100% sure. So, um, they gave him, obviously, um, life in prison, and the parents were very upset about that, uh, rightfully so. Um, I was kind of taken aback by that because I would figure mm. they would have given him the death penalty given that he went back to actively make sure that individuals were killed specifically like mm -hmm. he did what he called a double tap mm -hmm. um so i'm very surprised that the jurors did not select death um so i'll leave it at that um after i finish up watching that and making some notes i'm going to um, work on the uvaldi case and then also moving on to um the Las Vegas. I'm already gathering some information on the Las Vegas. Thank you. Um, that may also be just a quick snippet in regards to mass shootings um, and then a further in-depth conversation on Conspiracy Corner episode. Yes, that Conspiracy Corner episode will be done before the end of the year. As promised, uh, my friend Lexi, I, I said that it would be done this year. It might be right up to the minute, uh, right up to, right up to uh, the uh, dropping of the ball. But uh, I will not drop the ball as I said I would not. We will deliver on that conspiracy corner for the Vegas shooting. That will be an interesting one. Nonetheless, we will take a look at all of the various conspiracy theories behind what possibly could have been the motivation and then see what we think about it. Um, Stephen Paddock uh, doing what is that, the largest, worst mass shooting in the history of the country. So we'll take a look at that. Yes. And then I may just, um, just to recap on that, I may just include um, the mainstream media information mm -hmm. in my quick snippets in regards to the Las Vegas shooting and, and allow um, for a more in-depth conversation in regards to the conspiracy corner. So don't take that as a end-all be-all for the Las Vegas shooting. All right. Outstanding. Christopher, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? 
Um, no, I don't really have anything to add. Um, I would just like to state that uh, pictures of butthole is tasteful art. <laughs> no argument for me here. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, with that being said, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Ray Faba, of course, Team Mandalore, and um, I Paint Akron, and Vandalay Industries, of course, uh, Latex Import Export. And he's your latex guy. He's your latex guy at Vandalay and uh, agorithnexus.com. Deeply grateful for the support. Thank you very much. Um, wouldn't know what to do without you. But of course, We've come to the conclusion of the show. However, this is not a conclusion on the health of your body using detergents as soap on your skin, which is your body's largest organ. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to talk to you about what you do in the shower. Perhaps after you do a little rub and tug, that's when you get into the washing of your body. That's when you begin to scrub. And perhaps you're buying bars of soap from the dollar store. You're like, ah, oh, it's cheap to $1.25, you know, whatever. That $1.25 is costing you cancer in your ass because of all these detergents and terrible things that you're putting into your body and onto your body, these disgusting soaps that might as well be used to wash a car. I know how men are. We try to find a 7-in-1 soap that acts as both laundry detergent, detergent for your dishes in the dishwasher, and to wash a car, but also a shampoo and a conditioner. I know how dudes are. I understand. But listen, it's time to get serious about your asshole health. Now listen, the last couple of days here in northeastern Ohio, Soviet, I don't know if any of you noticed, but it snowed. It snowed a couple of times so far. The wind has been kicking up. It has been getting very cold. Some of you who have turned on the heat already, I will not do so until November. Those are the rules. However, that means you got to get a little bit close. you got to snuggle in. Get next to each other. You know what I mean? You do not want to smell like shit when you're that close to each other. That is no good. My friend Todd from Akron Apothecary. Gay soap, fentanyl-free soap for your butthole, your balls, your tackle box, the under tit, the fat folds. Wherever that stinking grime hides, you know, if you got kind of a gut, you're going to have a larger belly button. You're going to have to get in there and fish that fucker out. Todd's Gay Soap gets in there and destroys the lint that is collected in your belly button. It also will destroy the dingleberries you're carrying around. These are terrible things you do not want to bring into the sacred season of Halloween and, of course, most holy Thanksgiving. You want to smell fresh. You want to smell clean. Perhaps you're out there right there going to a Halloween party. You're dressed up as Dracula, but all people see is a giant turd because you smell like shit. You don't want to be that guy. Todd's Gay Soap can solve that problem for you. Please check out AkronApothecary.com and check out Todd's Gay Soap because Todd's Gay Soap is... Soap for baby. <laughs> Indeed it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for the support, all the seven and two-fourths. Um, uh, I really couldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without you. And if you keep showing up, we're just going to keep running our fucking mouths. So thank you very much. It's a highlight of the week always to talk to you. B-side dropping this week yet again. We're on there, and this one is a long one. Pop culture only. We're only talking about two pop culture items. Uh, I'd like to keep it a little bit light on there sometimes. Sometimes I go a little bit deep. Uh, but this time, hopefully you enjoy it. 
Don't forget, if you haven't subscribed, $2 a month is all it takes. We are the Costco hot dog of fucking Patreon, okay? The price remains the same. Just come on in. Lots of content, videos, the actual extra podcast episodes. Check them out. Our conversations that are off the cuff. You'll find extras with Sal the Agorist on there that we've chatted with him on a B-side. Please get after it. You, you won't regret it. It's lots of fun. And uh, you also, as a patron, if you want, you have the opportunity to come on and talk with us. And we'll have a conversation with you. Because if you're not here for your friends, what the fuck is the point? Thank you all very much, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Wash your ass with Todd's Gay Soap. And, of course, don't go to the gas stations on Lover's Lane in fucking Akron. Yes. Bye. See ya. Can't stop, won't stop, get it, get it. (laughs) 